I uh, know that I know that I'm, I'm, God's trying to get something across to us that uh, a message that we need to not just hear and not understand, but walk in. It's a message we've got to walk in. Um, I'm, I'm going to read, and, I, and I'm, I'm fully aware of time. I'm not going to keep you a long time, but I, I'm, I don't want to ever become redundant and say the same thing over just to repeat. I'm, I'm actually not preaching any message I've ever preached before. This is a brand new message for me. It's a brand new message for you. But the, the, the thoughts in the message, what I believe God is saying in the message, is, is just something that he continues to repeat. Um, Friday evening when you got here, you had listened to God's Not Mad at You, and he was all excited about that, and, and, and I was excited about that. And then we sat down for a moment, and we talked, and I'm preaching today on identity. So it's one of those things where he looked at me and he said something about that, and I, I, I've been hammering on this and speaking on this, and, and uh, I've never been more aware of how important it is for us to understand who we are. We sang it just a minute ago and we said it and, and, and we're a child of God. We are children of God. Let me just get into this because I, I got... In Ephesians 1, I'm going to first read the first 14 verses of Ephesians 1 and I'm going to come back and just talk about a few points it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints. Everybody say saints. This book is written to saints. If you're a sinner, it wasn't written to you. And if you keep telling people you're a sinner, you're lying. If you have accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, you are no longer a sinner. We got this pseudo-religious thing that says, well, now y'all pray for me. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. If you are saved by grace, you were a sinner. You're not a sinner anymore. Grace took that sin away. Are you listening to me? To the saints who are at Lewisburg, Fairley, Ronsford, and Union, and outskirts outer lying areas, white sulfur springs. <laughs> All right, to the saints. Now watch this. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has, past tense, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just as he, Steve said it a moment ago, chose us. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that, that we should be, what's this next thing say? Holy and without blame. 
That's not a sinner. A sinner is not holy and he's not without blame. We are holy and blameless. Now watch. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption. Not going to get it. Not when I get to heaven. In him we have redemption through his blood. We have the forgiveness. We have the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in earth. In him also we obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, say, I believe. Having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Here in chapter 1 of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul outlines six comforting and encouraging elements about our relationship with God. I want to talk about those six things. I want to point out these six things. These elements that he talks about here in, first, or in, in Ephesians chapter 1... These are intimate blessings that God has granted to us because of his kindness, because of his, the riches of his grace. He has the ability to do it. And simply because he wanted to grant some things and bless us with some things because we are his children. He has blessed us with some things that he wants us blessed with. Now... After you hear the gospel and you receive Christ as your personal Savior and He takes up residence and we understand that Christ died for our sins and that He rose again and He overcome death, hell, and the grave, in this book, in this chapter, chapter 1, we discover that our relationship with God, right from this chapter alone, we have six major blessings because we have accepted Christ into our hearts. Jesus has taken up residence. In these blessings, he declares, I chose you because you're valuable to me. Do you realize how valuable you are to be chosen by God? He chose you. So our 
value is to him. We have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us in our spirit. Our spirit has been born again. Our spirit is alive to God. The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead has taken up residence inside of you. And whether you know it or not, that's good. There is goodness living on the inside of you. God is good and He lives inside of you. Some of you look so much at you, you don't see Him in you. we got to begin to see He lives in me. There is goodness in us. Look at somebody and say, you got goodness in you. And he also, we're going to see in this, gave us power and authority for reigning in life. Six blessings I want to look at real quick of our identity, our identity in Christ. Everybody look at me, listen to me. I'm not the Stuart Farley I was before Christ came into my heart. I'm a child of God. Some of us have said we're Christians so long, we, we, we just try to act like other Christians instead of who we're supposed to try to act like, and that is like a child of God. Quit acting like other Christians and start acting like a child of God. The only one you need to pattern your life after is Jesus. I'm going to let you down. Others will let you down. But our pattern, our, we're patterning our life after Him. So he says here in verse 4, notice, and I've already touched on this briefly, but in Ephesians 1, verse 4, just as He chose us in Him. Listen to me say this. We were chosen. You were chosen by God. He wanted you. He thinks you're awesome. He thinks... You're worthy of his love. That's what he thinks. Doesn't matter what you think. If you start thinking what he thinks, you'd think, understand he thinks you're awesome. He thinks you're worthy of his love. So if you feel unworthy, if you hate yourself this morning, if, you're, uh, if you've been orphaned by your parents or you, you were rejected by the world, I want you to understand this morning you don't have to live like that any longer. God's got a new identity for you. You're a child of God. Look at somebody and say, hello, child of God. Look at somebody. Say it. Hello, child of God. I'm not who I used to be. I'm just reminding you of some stuff you probably already know. But I'm saying he picked you. He picked you. The second thing is in Ephesians 1 verse 4. It says from the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Some translations say holy and blameless. For us to be his children, God had to share his life with us. Now listen carefully to this. Listen to what I'm about to say. Just as your children have your life in them, you have God's life in you. I'm sitting right back there in Travis. Like it or lump it, son. I was helping my daddy put a new thing on his... Storm door, and they took a picture, and everybody kept saying the way the light was shining. You just everybody said, 
we thought that was your daddy. Well, it is. He's in me. Listen to me. You're a child of God. God lives in you. Now, let me just help you about the life that he has that he put in you. He only has one kind of life, and his life is eternal. His life is holy, and his life is righteous. So you have, living inside of you, when you accepted Jesus, eternal life, holy life, and righteous life living on the inside of you. Don't ignore it. Don't act like it's not there. He has imputed his life into us. Therefore, we are holy and blameless in our spirits. Number three, Ephesians 1, 5. Having predestined us to adoption. He adopted us as sons. Now, adoption to us in our lifetime is different than adoption was in the Roman Empire when the Apostle Paul was writing this book to the church at Ephesus. I would ask you to get your phone out and Google it. I probably should have brought my phone in and Googled adoption in the Roman Empire because you would discover that many of the emperors of the Roman Empire were not heirs to the throne, but because there were no heirs to the throne, they would find somebody that was an adult that they wanted to take the throne who could do what needed to be done, and they would adopt them in in order for them to become heirs to the throne. Many of the Roman emperors were not in the bloodline. They were adopted in, and they were adopted in for the purpose of ruling and reigning. Now listen to me. Hear what I'm trying to say to you. The wealthy ruling class would adopt a young man to become ruling heirs, sometimes in spite of their own children, their own natural born sons, who, who if they proved themselves unworthy, they would adopt somebody to do that. So in the culture of the Roman Empire, in the Apostle Paul's day, adoption was about singling out a person to confer power and authority on him. We were adopted by the Heavenly Father for him to confer his power and authority on us so that we could be rulers and reigners in his kingdom. He chose you to rule and reign over sin. He did not choose you for sin to rule and reign over you. He chose you to rule and reign over sickness and disease. He did not choose you for sickness and disease to reign over you. The problem is the children of God don't know who they are. We don't understand our identity. Help me, Lord. 
In Romans chapter 5 and verse 17, it says, For if, one, by one, if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. I want you to think about this for a moment. People say, all sin just reigns over me. I'm just a sinner. No, you were a sinner. How much more those who have received, those who have received abundance of grace. Where is abundance of grace? It's in your spirit. It's in Jesus. And Jesus' spirit lives inside of you. You have an abundance of grace. See, if we really understood this, somebody says, you know, I'm just kind of running out of grace with you. Well, good, because you're dependent on your grace, not his. If you'd go ahead and just figure out you ain't got any grace and get over it and start using his, you'd have grace for everybody. Hmm? Yeah, I tell you, I just I feel like I laid my life down to be a Christian. Well, you should have laid it down a long time ago and started walking in his life. What do you mean? Well, he lives on the inside of you. You are the righteousness of God. You are chosen. You're holy. You're blameless. That's what he's saying here. You've been adopted to rule and reign over these things. The fourth thing he says is in verse 7. Ephesians 1 verse 7. It says, in him we have redemption. Everybody say redemption. By the blood of Jesus Christ, the blood of the Lord Jesus, we were bought out of slavery to sin and were granted forgiveness of our trespasses. We were bought out of slavery to sin. He chose us before the foundation of the world. He found me. When he found me, I was a slave to sin. He bought me out of slavery. He knew when he brought me out of slavery, that I would feel unworthy. Steve was talking about that, that I would feel ashamed of, of who I was. You know, some of us deal with way too much shame now. You, you, you all realize that Adam and Eve, the reason they covered themselves is they became ashamed when their sin was exposed. You know, that's what they were dealing with, shame. The church deals big time with shame today. We're ashamed of what goes on in our thinking. We're ashamed of how we behave at times. We're ashamed of things we say. We're ashamed of things we do. We are ashamed. And shame is something that we ought to put away, put behind us. We should not be walking in shame. We're not a slave to sin any longer. we got to start thinking like we're not a slave to sin any longer. Listen to me. You don't have to sin. Well, Pastor, I think I do. Well, you think wrong. I'm trying to tell you how to think. If you think you can, you're right. If you think you can't, you're right too. Sometimes you don't need to be right. You need to change how you think. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. I think you can. 
I think you can. I think you can. I think you can. Do you think you can? Yes. Say, I think I can. I think I can. Hmm. I think you can. Yeah. Now, also in verse 7 here, we have the fifth thing that he's promised us and give to us. He pronounced me forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. Do you know the word here? Some of y'all will really get this. The word here, when he's talking about being forgiven from sin, comes from the root word where you would say, you divorced sin. Y'all know what a divorce is? Huh? What are you saying? Well, I used to be married to that old gal, but I divorced her. I still have a memory of my life with her, but we're no longer married. Some of you need to divorce sin. You'll still have a memory of her, or him, ladies. You'll still have a memory of him, but you've divorced sin. You just live in your remember where you're thinking this way. Now listen to this. Fully forgiven. Fully forgiven. You all realize what that means? You are fully forgiven for all your sin. Therefore, freely you have received, freely give. If you would start forgiving some people, you might start feeling forgiven. But because you don't forgive, you think God don't. You have been fully forgiven. Yeah, I'm taking inventory of my life. I realize I'm mad at a few people and I need to forgive them. You know who I'm mad the most at most of the time? Huh? Yeah, that guy that lives with my wife. I'm mad at that guy that lives with my wife. Not you, Travis. There are times that he needs to forgive other people because he's been fully forgiven. Think about that. Number six, the last one, is in verse 13. It says, In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. In Him, we were sealed with the Holy Spirit. What that literally means is, 
I, you and I, have God's sign on us. We're his. Put a seal on the thing. Now, he owns us. He gave his life for us. He approves of us. And we are recipients of the powers of heaven. said, now boys, here's how I want you to pray. I want you to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How is his will going to be done on earth as it is in heaven if it ain't being done by us? Jesus said, I always do those things that please my Father. Won't you say that with me? Say this. Say, I always do those things that please my Father. Say it again. I always do those things. That pleased my father. Now, if you feel like you're lying right now, you're not thinking right. You hear me? Think about it. My profession of faith says, I always do those things that please my father. And I try to walk by that. So, here's what I've said to you. I've given you six things. We're going to put this up on the screen right now. We are chosen, we are holy and blameless, we are adopted, we are redeemed, we are forgiven, we are sealed with and in the Spirit of God. That's who we are, those six things. Ephesians tells us this is something he has given to us. He has gifted us with that in our spirit. Now listen to me. We are children of God. As children of God, we've been chosen. When he came to live inside of us, we became holy and blameless. He adopted us and chose us to represent his kingdom and him in power and authority. That's why he adopted us. He has redeemed us. Redemption is something that has happened. He has forgiven us and he has sealed us. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6 says, watch this, and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now think about this for a moment. Where's Jesus sitting today? Guess who's seated with him there? We are. Well, Pastor Farley, I just don't feel like I'm up there. Well, come on up. If you don't start believing you're up there and thinking you're up there and acting like you're up there, you're living a lie. Because... He raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I'm in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus is in me. We're seated there. Now, our spirits are united with Christ and he lives at the right hand of the Father. So listen to me say this. I am chosen, holy and blameless, 
adopted, redeemed, forgiven, sealed with the Holy Spirit, seated in heaven, child of God. That's what I am. I'm going to say it again. I am a chosen, holy, and blameless, adopted, redeemed, forgiven, sealed with the Holy Spirit, seated in heaven, child of God. That's my new identity. I am not a sinner. I am not. Ask most Christians today in church, what's your identity? What's your identity? Well, my identity is who I am. Well, who are you? And then they'll start telling you their history as a human being. And some, who are you? Oh, I'm just a sinner saved by... That's what we say to people trying to act like we ain't too good. The reason he said not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, he's given you enough stuff that you ought to think pretty high of yourself. You ought to quit thinking like the rest of the world thinks. Start thinking the way God thinks. God ain't mad at you. Somebody else you're talking to may be mad at you. Man, I could tell you some stories. I get around preachers who want to attack something I preach, and they just really let me have it sometimes. And I smile. I don't ever cuss out loud. (laughs) But God on the inside of me says, don't listen to this. I'll be Christian. Crap. (laughs) And listen to who I am. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to get you to understand. We let a lot of religious folk and a lot of religious people who are living carnally and in their flesh, trusting in themselves for salvation and not what Jesus did, dictate to us who we are. How we think about ourselves. So actually, and by the way, let me just say this to you, okay? Why don't you Google, I'm a sinner saved by grace, and see if you can find it anywhere in the Bible? Because it ain't in the Bible, it's in some hymn books, and there are some southern gospel quartets who sing songs about being sinners. And I'm not being critical, I'm just simply saying, it's a song. It ain't scripture. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Nowhere. It's not in the Bible. It's a song. It's in hymn books. I was a sinner, but then came grace when grace came I'm no longer a sinner you know it's an amazing thing to me that if you read your Bible and I just read it to you a few moments ago the apostle Paul calls us saints look at somebody and call them a saint right now would you say hello saint 
Y'all sitting around Dave, make sure you tell him he's a saint. Now listen to me. If I'm a saint, that means I'm united with Christ. I am a possessor of his righteous life. I am seated at the right hand of the Father. Do you all realize that's not heresy for me to say that? I'm a saint because the Apostle Paul in Scripture called us saints. And that means I'm united with Christ. I'm a possessor of Christ's righteousness and His righteous life. And I'm seated at the right hand of the Father in spirit. This is who we are as believers in Christ Jesus. God, having been rich in mercy, has brought us into union with Himself through our Lord Jesus Christ. He made us alive with resurrection life. So, here I am. You and I stand today before God with a brand new identity. We've been chosen. We've been redeemed. Now listen to me. If I've been chosen and I've been redeemed, I am valuable. I'm valuable to God. You're chosen. You're redeemed. Your life is valuable to God. Say, I'm valuable. As a child of God, having accepted Jesus Christ into your heart and into your spirit, man, you are now holy and blameless and forgiven. Can I look at y'all and say this? I look around this room and I see some good men and women. I say, well, Pastor, what makes them good? They're holy and they're blameless and they're forgiven because Jesus Christ's Spirit lives on the inside of them. Lee Moyer, you're a good man. Jim Dodway, you're a good man. Are you listening, Karen? Okay. He made sure she was listening. Did you see that? Sam McClung, you're a good man. Why? Because... You're holy, you're blameless, and you're forgiven because God lives inside you. I'm a child of God. Everybody say that again. Say, I'm a child of God. So as a child of God, you're adopted. You are sealed with the Spirit. Listen carefully to me. I'm valuable to God. I'm valuable to Him. He knows my story. 
He knows how many times I've failed him. He's not mad at me. He knows we're valuable. We're forgiven. We're holy. We're blameless. Are you with me? The forgiver of all of the sins looks at us and says, I'm a forgiver. I would like for you to represent me and be a forgiver too. So when you decide you want to be a forgiver, somebody is going to have to do something to you for you to forgive them for. Ain't that wonderful? Well, well, how are you going to know you're a forgiver if everybody treats you right? Huh? Well, now, Pastor, you done quit preaching and gone to meddling with me. I'm not saying it's easy, but if nobody ever, if everybody does everything you want, you don't have to forgive anybody. But God says, I've, I'm a forgiver. How many of y'all want God to be a forgiver? How many of y'all want to be like him? Start forgiving. Start forgiving. <clears throat> and last, adopted, sealed with the Spirit. That's our authority and our power in Christ. Listen to me, guys. We have power and authority over sin. Start believing it. We have power and authority over sickness and disease. Start believing it. Start believing it. We have power and authority over addiction. If you don't believe who you are, you won't believe what you have. That's why Steve was singing that a while ago. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Say, I am a child of God. You are a spirit, you possess a soul, and you live in a body. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17 says, But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. What are you saying? Well, I'm joined to him. Well, Pastor, you just pray for me today because I'm a little bit discouraged. I'm a little bit defeated. I'm kind of hopeless. I'm afraid. Well, let me tell you, there's somebody on the inside of you who's not discouraged. His name's Jesus. There's somebody on the inside of you who is not hopeless, who's not afraid, He's not defeated. All those negative emotions and thoughts that you are feeling in your soul, you need to disregard those and realize He came and chose you for you to come to Him. Do you really understand what business Jesus is in? He's in the redemption business. Y'all understand that? 
What do you mean? He redeems people from sin. He redeems people from sickness. He redeems you from yourself. He's in the redemption business. We're in the redemption business. Lord, as I look at me, I have a tendency to see my shortcomings, my faults and my failures. I I have desires to do right things, but Lord, sometimes it's hard to be the husband I need to be. It's hard to be the father I need to be. Sometimes it's hard to be the Christian I need to be, but Lord, you chose me. You decided you would invite me to serve you and to live for you and to represent you and to walk with you. And Lord, I've been trying on my own so long. I've been depending on what I do And now I'm asking you to help me to understand how to trust you. What was the song you just first sang? Let go. First song, let go. I found life. Why don't you quit trying and let go and let God live his life through you.